You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, Casey Foreman. This is a show discussing what's going on in the world of sports. And you can listen every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, Casey Foreman. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Hopefully, uh, everyone had a nice weekend. Got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Yes, the NBA is back, so I want to talk a lot of NBA today. Uh, I want to start out by discussing uh, you know, what I call the best of both conferences. I want to talk about uh, some teams in both the West and the Eastern Conference, how they're playing uh, so far in the seeding games, and how these teams are matching up against each other. Uh, then I want to talk about, uh, you know, arguably the next face of the league, Zion Williamson and his team, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Also, make sure you guys stick around uh, to the very end of the show, my final segment. I want to discuss the MLB and the NFL, both of their seasons. Uh, I think there's a similarity between them. Uh, I want to discuss them, so stick around uh, if you want to hear about that until the very end of the show. Uh, but But like I said, I want to talk about the best of both conferences, both East and West. Uh, The seeding game started last Thursday, obviously. You know, I talked about it last week. We had Zion and the Pelicans against the Jazz. We had the two teams in LA facing off. Uh, we know how those two teams or how those games ended. Zion and his team came up a little bit of sh- or a little bit short, and LeBron and the Lakers squeezed by the short-handed Clippers. Uh, but I- I've loved watching all of these games. You know, in, in my opinion, I- I'm thinking I've heard a lot of people uh, say this as well, but it's feeling like, in a way, March Madness. You know, we're having games uh, basically all day, basically from like uh, you know noon to two o'clock all the way until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night usually, uh, we're having these games. At least that's what we have, at least for, for the past week now. Uh, so, you know, it really does feel like uh, a March Madness tournament, uh, an, an AAU tournament, like I said before, for the best players in the world. Uh, so I'm having, you know, a ball, a blast watching it so far. Uh, hopefully you guys are as well. So, yeah, I want to talk about, uh, you know, the best of both conferences. Uh, You know, most teams have already played several uh, uh, seeding games so far. Most teams, as of now, have about two, at least three uh, games under their belt. Uh, You know, let's start out with the Eastern Conference. Okay, let's start out East. Pretty much all year, okay, pretty much all year we have had uh, one powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. Uh, You know, there's been one team uh, we've been thinking is going to come out of that Eastern Conference. Obviously, that that Milwaukee Bucks team, uh, you know, they have the best record in the East and the best record in the NBA. Uh, You know, they have the best, arguably the best defense in the league. Stats prove they do have the best defense in the league. And they are being led, uh, you know, by the MVP frontrunner, arguably, in Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, you know, Giannis has been leading the Bucs. Uh, all year, they've been they've been pretty steady all year, very good all year. Uh, like I said, number one record, number one defense, uh, top ten definitely in offense. So, in large part to do with off or with Giannis uh, Budenholzer's game plan. I think he is co coach of the year with uh, Billy Donovan in OKC. I'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, what do you guys think about the whole? 
coach of the year. They gave it to two coaches this year. If you guys aren't didn't hear, uh, Billy Donovan. I don't know if they're both winning the award, but at least they both tied for the award. So I, I'm thinking they're giving it to both uh, Billy Donovan and uh, Budenholzer in and Milwaukee. Both are the coaches of the year, you could say. Uh, so yes, Milwaukee's been looking good all year. We saw the Bucks uh, beat the Celtics in their first seeding game. Giannis played his usual game, 36 points, uh, 15 rebounds, seven assists. Um, you know, a little more rebounds and a little more assists, and and obviously a little more points than what we're used to. But still, you know, that's a that's a basic day uh, for for Giannis when he's playing over 30 30 minutes. Or so. I think he played over 30 minutes. God, I hope he played over 30 minutes with those stats. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, the Bucks and the Lakers have some similarities to their teams, okay? Uh, it's, not, it's not the exact same. Obviously, there are differences. Uh, but the similarities is, uh, you know, in, in the Lakers case, or also in the Bucks case, when the star or stars, you know, don't play well, they are usually going to lose that game. Sometimes them playing well isn't even enough to, for them to win uh, just because, uh, you know, after the number one, number two guy, especially in L.A., that, that the roster really drops off as far as talent and, you know, uh, uh, con con consistent high-level play really drops off for the Lakers after their first two guys. For the Bucks, it's, it really drops off after their, their number one guy in Giannis. Don't get me wrong. I want to talk about this for a second. You know, the Bucks have a very good roster up to down. They surround Giannis with shooters, the thing he's not necessarily great at, have other rebounders and, and good defenders with him. So it's a very good uh, roster and a great coach, very good coach they have in Milwaukee. So not to undersell it, but you know, Giannis is a, is a one-man show in Milwaukee. I don't think he has a, a star, co-star in Chris Middleton. I think, sure, if you want to call him an all-star, fine, but he's averaging 20 points this year. Yes, almost a 50-40-90, but isn't quite at the 50-40-90, so you can say that, but he's below 50% by the smallest percentage, but still, uh, you know, if that's all you have, that, that that's that, that's a huge accomplishment. Don't want to take that away, but, you know, that that is the biggest thing, and, and cons consistency isn't what uh, you, you think of when you think of Chris Middleton, so not a, a real official star, a good player, not a star, in my opinion, uh, you know, for a co-star for Giannis. Uh, so if Giannis doesn't play well, it, it's really up to those players and it usually is not going to get done. Thus, you know, Giannis is in the MVP discussion for how great he's been playing this year. So how good, okay, how good really are the Bucks? How good really are they? How far can they really make it in comparison to teams like Boston, like Toronto, which as we know, are very deep teams. Okay, we, we saw uh, what it, we saw the Toronto Raptors play against the Lakers the other night and it looked like for for the entire game the Toronto Raptors were the clearly the better team uh you know playing the Lakers it looked like they were clearly the better team had better ball movement their their players played better uh you know so so that night the the Toronto Raptors looked deep and they looked like the superior team uh especially the deeper team went up against uh the Lakers and, and it's the same thing when they go up against the Bucks in my opinion you know uh the Raptors have Siakam Okay, Kyle Lowry, Van Fleet, Ibaka, Gasol, Inanobi, and then all that you know just equals experience. They have, in my opinion, one of the one of the better coaches you know in Nick Nurse. I think he somewhat got robbed of this. I would give him the co. Uh, coach of the year over Budenholzer in Milwaukee, but you know I, I would have I would have it be. Um, 
Nick Nurse and Billy Donovan, but you know that I, I don't get a vote clearly. Um, but yeah, great coach, great system. We see them having the same, if not better, record than they did last year with a top three, top four player in the league in Kawhi Leonard. So they lose a guy of that caliber, and they're still as good, if not better. I could argue the ball movement is even better this year without him. Uh, so they're looking arguably, like I said, even better without an all NBA caliber player in Kawhi in large part to do with how deep the roster is, how good the coach is. Uh, so I love the rap, the Raptors, what we saw against the um, Lakers really established themselves as a, as a uh, threat, I think in the Eastern conference, at least in my eyes to see them go out and just dominate that team. Uh, wow. It really proved to me how deep that team really is. If you didn't realize it already. Uh, and then when, the next game, I don't quite remember who they play, but then Van Fleet goes and gets 30-something points, you know, a whole lot of three-pointers. So they have multiple guys that can go get you 30 points on a night, Lowry, Siakam, Van Fleet. Uh, so they have multiple guys who can score. They got defense, and Ibaka, Gasol, Siakam as well, and Anobi. Uh, Lowry, obviously, so they have dogs. They're, they're a great defensive and a pretty good offensive team. They move the ball well, so the Raptors should be taken seriously. And then Boston, uh, you know, like I said earlier, the Bucks did beat Boston in the first seeding game, but they only lost to the Bucks by seven points. And, you know, the the, the highlight of the, of the stat line should be, you know, Jason Tatum, in my opinion, the best player uh, on the Celtics, shot two of 18 and only had five points for the entire game. Uh, so take that in, into consideration. They only lost by seven points with five points by Tatum. You don't think he's going to get you another seven points, eight, eight points usually? Uh, yeah, he, he followed up the next night with 35, 30-something points. Uh, with a dominant performance. So a bad performance against the Bucks. Obviously a great defense in the Bucks. But the reason the Boston only loses by seven, my main point, is how deep that Boston Celtic roster is. Okay, so Boston has Jalen Brown, who had 22 points. Gordon Hayward had 17 points. Kemba Walker, 16 points. Marcus Smart, 23 points. Uh so they had all of these, you know, they, they had all of these guys to back up Tatum uh, because, you know, he, he didn't he didn't shoot well when in comparison to a team like, like I said, Milwaukee, if Giannis only had five points and shot two of 18, I can guarantee you the Bucks wouldn't have won by seven and would not have lost by seven it would have been a much larger, uh, you know, margin of error there. Uh, so no, that it would not have been the same outcome had Giannis shot like that, which is my main point of how deep the Boston Celtics are, are how deep the Toronto Raptors are. Uh, both teams, in my opinion, are, are are much deeper than Milwaukee. We saw we saw against the Rockets even, uh, you know, the Milwaukee recently against they lost to the Rockets. Giannis had 36 points, 18 rebounds, eight assists. Middleton had 27 points and shot the ball actually very well in, in a big game. Uh, I was actually impressed by his performance either way they end up losing coming up short to the Rockets uh, who who you know James Harden didn't even play the ball I'll get to that later but he, he didn't even play that well uh, and and they still overcome that that deep Milwaukee team play some great defense at the end uh, but either way 
you know, Giannis, you know, when comparing the Bucks to the Raptors and, and the Celtics, Giannis is the best player in every series. Uh, so they have that going for them. They, they do have, like I said, a very good supporting cast, a very good defense, a good coach. So it really is a toss-up for that Eastern Conference, but don't get it wrong. Milwaukee is no longer the one powerhouse for the East. Uh, I see. I, I could very well see Toronto in the finals. I could very well see the Celtics. Uh, I'm honestly leaning more on the side of the uh, Raptors because of how steady their play seems to be. Uh, but, you know, don't count out the young young guns, the young stars in Boston. Uh, but I want to go ahead and pivot uh, to the Western Conference. Let's start out with those two L.A. teams. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and get the Lakers out of the way, okay? Let's, uh, let's get them out of the way. The Los Angeles Lakers, uh, they're 2-1 so far in their seeding games. Uh, you know, we, we obviously know them as an older veteran team, so we kind of thought they'd come in into the bubble, pick it up, and start playing uh, very well right away. They played good in the scrimmage games. Uh, we know they beat the Clippers on the official return, you know, on Thursday night last week. Uh, but they only won by two points. They only won by two points. Yet Anthony Davis, you know, he plays amazing. He drops 34 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Uh, and remember those two huge three-pointers he had in that third quarter, if you watch, which was huge for the Lakers and their comebacks. They were down by like 11 points. He then scores 10 of the next 12, and they come back, take the lead. Uh, so AD was huge for the Lakers uh, in, in their first game against the Clippers. But like I said, they only win by two points. They only win by two points, and and like I said, the Clippers were down 40 points. But overall, the Lakers played okay. They played okay. Kuzma had 16 points, seven rebounds at four three-pointers, so that's exactly what you want from Kyle Kuzma. Deion Waiters got you 11 points. Caruso got you seven points. Uh, McGee got you 6.7 rebounds. Only bad part of the game, LeBron in his shooting performance, 6 of 19, only 16 points, but still got 11 rebounds, seven assists, but turned the ball over five times. So not a great game for LeBron. That was, you know, why I think they only won by two points, but you know, again, they only won by two. Clippers played pretty well as well. Take that in, into consideration, but they were missing 40 points off of their bench in Lou Williams in Montrez Harrell. So that needs to be valued and, and talked about. Uh, they missed 40 points and they only lost by two points. Kawhi got 28 points, two blocks, two steals, hit three threes. Uh, Paul George, he goes and gets 30 points, six, six three pointers. Um, and then off the bench, they also had some help. So they had Reggie Jackson getting 10 points, uh, what, four assists, six rebounds. Patrick Beverly goes and gets 12 points. Uh, so they had, you know, they had people contributing all over the floor, uh, you know, on the, on the starting lineup, also on the bench. Uh, however, like I said, missing their two six men of the year award candidates in Lou Williams and in Montrez Harrell. So missing 40 points off the bench, only losing by two points. Yeah, the Clippers looked pretty good. Uh, I think they're, they were, my first thought at least, you know, they're, they're looking pretty good. Uh, LeBron, again, didn't shoot well. Uh, but then they went ahead and played against the Raptors. Okay, they they go ahead and lose 107 to 92. Anthony Davis uh, plays 
pretty terrible, to be blunt. He plays pretty bad, uh, shoots two of seven from the floor, only 14 points, uh, six rebounds, and, you know, for plus plus minus, he's a minus 17 for the game. LeBron, you know, doesn't play, doesn't play terrible, but does not play very good. Only 20 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and he's a minus 20 for the game. Uh, Kuzma, uh, kind of, again, is the bright spot for the Lakers. Uh, 16 points, it's three three-pointers, so Kuzma's looking pretty steady in the couple of games we've seen from the Lakers. Uh, but the only thing against the Raptors, no one could guard. You know, them losing Avery Bradley really is looking like it was, you know, it, it is going to hurt them uh, because no one could guard Kyle Lowry. 33 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, so no one can guard Kyle Lowry. The Raptors, like I said earlier, look like the clearly better team and they beat the Lakers. Uh, then they go, or I, I did have. A couple of takeaways from those games, but before I do that, I want to talk about the game against the Jazz. Uh, so Anthony Davis goes off, obviously, against the Jazz. Gets 42 points, uh, plays super well in crunch time, and, and he's the reason they win the game. Uh, LeBron kind of seems like he's almost coasting. I don't want to say coasting, but you know he, he's not playing at his best or at his highest level. Uh, rightfully so. He's obviously preparing for that main playoff push they clinched the first seed the Lakers did by beating the Jazz uh, it's the first time they did that since I think 2010 with Kobe so uh, props to the Lakers getting the first seed uh, but you know LeBron kind of coasting right now getting everybody else involved getting everybody else ready for the playoffs it seems like Anthony Davis seems to be playing very well 42 points uh, but a couple of takeaways for the Lakers game so far uh, you know who they played at least you know the Raptors and Clippers I'm going to talk about the Clippers in a second, but they are super deep, especially the Raptors. And then the Lakers, they really struggle when Anthony Davis and LeBron both are not really good or one of them isn't great. They're really going to struggle. They, they're they still searching uh, for that third, you know, official third guy on the roster to always step up and be there, uh, especially when LeBron and Anthony Davis are aren't playing great so the, so they're still looking for that like I said Kyle Kuzma in the first couple of games 16 points a handful of threes that's exactly what you need from a number three so he was somewhat looking like that but like we know uh, an inconsistent player Kyle has been this year Lakers are looking pretty good uh, they simply need LeBron and AD to play great every night which we already knew Clippers are super deep since I'm already talking about them let's go ahead and you know, keep talking about them. The Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, they are they were a little bit shorthanded so far in their scrimmage games. They are one and two. Uh, you know, they lost to the Lakers on opening night. They go and then they go and beat the crap out of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. You know, Zion. I'm gonna talk about him after the break. So make sure you stick around for that. But you know, they go ahead and beat the crap out of the, out of the Pelicans and Zion, and uh, and then they go and lose uh, yesterday to the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker. Okay, they lost to the Suns. Booker goes off for 35 points, hits a game-winning shot over Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, so, you know, two great defenders, obviously. Booker made a great play, made a super tough shot, and hit the game-winner, uh, beat the Clippers. So uh, the Suns are actually 3-0 and right now. They're the only 3-0 and team, or they're the first 3-0 and team so far. Uh, like I said in highlight with, with Devin Booker, how great he has been playing. But I don't really. I'm not. I'm not sounding the alarms. I'm not really worried for this Clipper roster. I think they simply need more reps, more games, 
more rotations together because, you know, before the season stopped, we saw the stat. They only played 10, 11, 12 games at 100% full strength, and they won 10, 11 out of those 12 games. So we know how good they are at full strength. They simply haven't been there all year, you know, for a very long time. So that that's simply, you know, that's what I think they need when they lost to the Lakers, like I said, uh, only by two points. They're down 40 points. They, they, they only lose by two, and they're, they're losing or they are without Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. I think they're going to be fine, and I still think they are arguably the best team in the NBA. They're definitely one of the deepest teams, especially when they have, if not the deepest team, especially when they have Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell both coming off the bench. So Montrez still isn't in the bubble, dealing with a personal family matter. So hopefully everything's okay with him, or you know, or I know what happened. So ever, hopefully, you know. Uh, he, he gets to a place where he's comfortable coming back. If he's not, you know, completely understand the Clippers have told him, take your time coming back. Uh, but the Clippers should be fine despite the couple of early losses. Simply need some more reps and, you know, Devin Booker making that game-winning shot. Who could have saw that? I, I could see that coming. Dude has scored 70 points in a game before. But, you know, a super tough shot. Clippers should not be worried. Suns played a great game. Lakers played pretty good. They were shorthanded. And then they blew out. Out the Pelicans. So don't be worried, Clipper fans. They're going to be just fine. One team I am a little surprised about uh, is the Houston Rockets and how well they have been playing. Uh, their first game, they went and beat the Dallas Mavericks. Then they go on and beat the Milwaukee Bucks, both in very close games. So I was very impressed with both performances, both very close games. They end up winning. Uh, Harden, in, in the first game against the Mavs, only misses uh, six shots, scores 49 points, gets nine rebounds and eight assists, plays great. They beat the Mavs, either, even, even though they didn't look like the best team uh, you know, throughout most of that game. Uh, Russell Westbrook gets you 31 points, eight assists, uh, 11 rebounds. So he does what he always does, uh, almost that triple-double. They play great. They beat a Dallas Maverick team, like I said. Uh, and They force overtime, I think, in the last 40 seconds or so. They were down seven or eight points. They come back, force overtime, dominate in overtime. Luka looks gassed. The, the, the Mavericks defense cannot keep up with the Rockets' offense. Uh, so they go ahead and, and beat uh, the uh, the Dallas Mavericks early. They go then go on to play the Milwaukee Bucks, and it is not quite the same dominance performance or dominant performance, you know, that we saw the the game prior. Harden only has 24 points, shoots five of 14. Russ plays a pretty good game, uh, you know, 31 points, eight rebounds or eight assists, six rebounds, or, or vice versa. Uh, however, they're both minus on plus minus. Uh, either way, they, they play some great defense at the end of the game. The Rockets simply seem to outsmart, you know, be the smarter team, you know, uh, when put up against the Bucks, They seem to outsmart, and, you know, the small ball seemed a little superior to the long and tall ball that the Milwaukee seems to be playing right now. So, small ball got the better of, of, of long and tall, and uh, Giannis played some, or sorry, uh, J believe it or not, James Harden played some lockdown defense on Giannis at the end of the game, causing him to make a turnover, missing a shot. So, uh, you know, James Harden was clutched late. The Rockets seemed to outsmart the Bucks. Small ball looks good. And as far as how the Rockets are looking, they're looking rested and healthy. 
okay, and, and their stars for being known to uh, uh, somewhat break down and, and you know not be themselves in the postseason. Usually because you know they're so ball dominant, so you know it's a, usually a one person system the two of them have been in. Uh, so usually by the end of the postseason they're gassed and can't keep it up. But you know with four months off, they may have been you know th these four months off may have helped the Rockets more than anyone okay like i said they look they look rested uh, and for them to have a narrative of always breaking down and being gassed in the playoffs i don't see that being a problem at least right now you know they look rested healthy uh the four months seem to suit them very well uh so you do not want to count out those houston rockets okay so basically six teams in you know in total in in the western and eastern conference three in each that i think are playing super well the suns are three and oh uh, but either way, uh, you know, basketball is back. We have some high-level games. It, it really does seem like the postseason. I should remind you that it is not the postseason yet. We're simply in the eight-seeding games, yet we're seeing some high-level intensity basketball games. So it's awesome to watch. Hopefully, you guys have had the chance uh, to catch a couple of games. But I want to go ahead and take a, a short break. When I come back, I want to discuss uh, Zion Williamson and those New Orleans Pelicans. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Like I said before the break, I want to talk about Zion Williamson, those New Orleans Pelicans. So a guy in Zion, uh, obviously a guy we all kind of know as the next, you know, quote, ne the next face, you know, of this league, of the NBA. That's kind of what we know him as, that he's already uh, pretty much been established, or some people at least have him, have him established as that. You know, some people have him uh, being rookie of the year, you know, despite only playing in, in 19 games, uh, you know, before the season stopped. Now he's over the 20 mark, but still only playing in 20 games, uh, yet, you know, we're calling him the next face of the league, and we're saying he is this year's rookie of the year. I don't, I don't want to make you guys think I'm a Zion uh, hater or anything. You know, I'm a big fan of his and his play, what he brings to the court on and, or on and off of the court. Uh, but I do think the NBA uh, kind of created these seeding games. Uh, I don't want to say they created these seeding games for the Pelicans, but they definitely gave the Pelicans, uh, you know, one of, if not, you know, I think the Sixers have the easiest schedule, but the Pelicans are, are maybe second, you know, right behind them with the easiest schedule in these eight seeding games. So, uh, you know, a somewhat, uh, you know, especially with what's left for them, uh, a very easy seeding game schedule for what's left for them. Uh, but yes, the NBA, uh, I, th I think they knew they knew what they were doing. Uh, by putting Zion again in the first game back last week, uh, also by giving him uh, you know some easier games in these seeding games. So the NBA knows what they're doing, and you know the Pelicans looked pretty good in the scrimmage games. Now they're one and two. Uh, yeah, one and two in their seeding games. The first game I talked about it. You know, they they, they lost by two points to the Utah Jazz. Uh, they they played very bad late. Uh, it simply looked like a, a very young team against an older veteran team, especially late in the ba basketball game. Uh, New Orleans seemed to outplay the Jazz for three quarters, but again, the fourth quarter, Jazz were the better, well, somewhat of the better team, I guess. Uh, but you know, Zion, the, the biggest 
takeaway for me so far for the Pelicans has been, you know, the whole Zion minutes restriction thing. Uh, especially at first, you know, I really didn't get it. You know, I understand what they're kind of doing, easing him back into the game. Um, but, you know, against the Jazz, he only played 15 minutes, didn't play in crunch time when they really needed him most. He went 6 for 8, had 13 points, but didn't have a single rebound and only had one assist. So, didn't look great in only 15 minutes. Not a whole lot of memorable plays from him in his 15 minutes he played was a minus 16 for the game as well uh, but then they go up against the Los Angeles Clippers obviously they're clearly you know the inferior team to, to these superior Clippers they lose they get blown out 103 to 126 Zion only plays 14 minutes goes three for seven only seven points five rebounds zero assists is a minus 17. They say he, he played less minutes because it was a blowout. They didn't see any uh, reason to play him since they were getting their butts kicked anyway. So I understand that, only playing 14 minutes. But because they're getting their butts kicked, why not toss him out there and get him more comfortable in the offense, run some plays for him? Since usually when you're getting your butt kicked, there are inferior you know players out there when in comparison to when it's a high-stakes close game. So I understand what they're saying, but I don't think there were two, you know, there wasn't Paul George and Kawhi out there in, in the fourth quarter, second half. I understand not playing him, though. Why play him in a game you're getting blown out in? So I understand uh, he only plays 14 minutes. But what I saw from him in the first two games, okay, in the first two, I'll talk about the Grizzlies, what, what he played, how he played against the Grizzlies in his second, but in the first two games, you know, I was really wondering why we saw such limited play. I was wondering, you know, is he injured? Is he just out of shape? Are, are they just scared to play him? You know, what was the reason? To me, he didn't look like he was in the best shape, uh, especially against the Jazz and in, in the little bit he played against the Clippers. He did not seem to be in the best shape, didn't seem to have a lot of confidence every time he touched the ball. Uh, he seemed a little bit out of breath despite only playing low minutes. Uh, but on, to his point, you know, it didn't really seem like the Pelicans are running a whole lot of offense, a whole lot of plays for him, you know, in his favor, running plays where he's the guy at the end of the shot clock taking the shot. So I didn't see a whole lot of that for Zion either, you know, in his favor. But unlike him, I, like I said, I saw a whole lot of unrememberable, unnoticeable play. Then he went on to play uh, the Grizzlies, okay? Obviously, a team more their speed. Obviously, both of them are fighting uh, for that eighth playoff spot. Against the Grizzlies, he, he plays 25 minutes, so the most minutes he's played. Uh, 23 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. So he plays a, a pretty good, if not very good, game for 25 minutes. Uh, he is, is one of the bigger reasons, the biggest reason they beat the Grizzlies. It's also because, you know, John Morant, who really looked like the inferior player, uh, when these two matched up, uh, he did not shoot the ball well whatsoever. I believe Jaron Jackson, actually, speaking of the Grizzlies, is, is hurt somewhat of a tear. I don't quite know where, but I think he's going to miss some time for the Grizzlies. So watch out for the Pelicans now, especially uh, with, with a big player in the Grizzlies like him going down. But... Zion plays well against them. Like I said, 23.7 rebounds, 5 assists. They beat the Grizzlies, get their first win of the 8 seeding games. But now they are 4 games behind, maybe 3 now, behind Memphis. Okay, They are the 10th spot 
uh, 11th or 10th spot. They're not even at number nine right behind them. So they have some slack to make up for definitely. They have they have some room uh, you know, to make up for. I did pick this team to win you know, the race for that eighth spot when you know other teams competing like Portland, the Spurs, obviously the Grizzlies. So I, I did pick them because of the easy uh, seeding game schedule. Uh, you know, they they are going to have, since they dropped their two first games, they're going to have to, I think they're going to have to win out. If they want to definitely make that eighth spot, they need to win out, win the next five of five. They've won one. Uh, they, they need to win, you know, arguably it was six. They want, they, they got one win. They need to win the next five, I think, you know, to, to really, to really make it. I think they're, I think they're three games back right now, but I did pick them. Uh, but if I see what I continue to see, I'm not too confident in that. But like I said, the two the, they dropped their two first games, but the two first games they dropped were the two hardest games in their seeding game schedule, the Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. Those are the two hardest teams they had to play in their eight games. Sadly, had them both you know, right after each other. Obviously, they played the Grizzlies, got the win. They had to play the Kings twice going forward, the Wizards, the Spurs, as well as the Magic. So five very winnable games for the Pelicans, at least four very winnable games. They, they have to win at least the next four out of five uh, to make it, but... Uh, they need to win the next five. I think the next five are very winnable, like I said. But... But again, are we going to continue to see what we did before? If if the, these Pelicans want to make the run that, that they need to make, they I, I need to see a couple of things. I need more minutes from Zion. He needs to stay around the 25-28 minute point if he's comfortable, if they're comfortable with that. I need more plays ran for him. I, I need to see him being a bigger part of the rotation. I know he he's a guy, he's good enough to make his own shot to just kind of score in the will of the offense you don't necessarily need to run plays for him but you know why not use your best player even more run more plays for him because you know the more I see that I see more stats coming his way uh, if, if if they can play or keep that level of play up like I saw against the Grizzlies you know they're playing similar teams in the Kings Wizards Spurs and Magic so the very winnable games uh, but if I do see them playing like they did in the first couple of games Zion isn't playing much isn't playing inspiring basketball confident basketball then I'm leaning more on the new on the uh, Portland Trailblazers side I'm leaning on them to make it because of how how much of a veteran how much experience is on that roster they got Nurkic back Mello's playing great Dame is Dame McCollum is McCollum so they're playing great they're finally at 100% so I don't rule out you know that Portland Trailblazer team but I still I still have the Pelicans because of that easy schedule. That's the biggest reason I got them making the eighth spot. I, you know, we'll see if it keeps up. They, they're playing, you know, they're, the seeding games are going to be done within the next week or so, I believe. So they're not going to be going on for too much longer. And uh, we're going to be seeing the true identity of of this New Orleans Pelican team. I, but like I said, my closing point for this, I need more minutes or, or you know, stay around the 25 minutes. I need more 
plays for Zion, and I need just more inspiring, confident play from him. Uh, he needs to be a larger part in the offense. He's the best player on that team, arguably the next you know face of the league, like we say. So why not run some more plays for him? It's only going to benefit you and your team. Don't overestimate, you know, or don't under, you know, estimate this team. But I'm I'm a little worried. I might have overestimated them but like I said we'll see coming up very soon if they if they lose two or more games uh, you know I, they're done so they, they don't have a very large you know uh, margin of error we'll see if they can get it done now for my final segment of the day let's go ahead and pivot to a couple of different leagues you know for the show so far I've, I've been discussing solely the NBA yes it's back but you know for you for you other fans let's go ahead and discuss the MLB and the NFL obviously we know the the MLB is back uh, but not exactly running smoothly in all areas you know there are games going on you know I'm, I'm watching an LA Seattle game right now so there are games going on all the time uh, similar to the, to the NBA you know there are games going on all the time it's awesome to have it back but you know we, we have multiple uh, you know uh, bad stories or multiple you know bad reports coming out as far as the MLB you know how they're playing uh, we have we have multiple guys getting the virus so how safe really are these players so I'm gonna talk about that also you know with the NFL their training camps are getting going they're still set to get their season started in not too much longer i think at the end of se- or at the end of august beginning of september we're set to have some nfl so we're we're going to have that very soon they're still set to kick off no delays as of right now uh, but both leagues that's why i want to talk about both of them I, th- I think they're both pretty similar in this way you know they're both not doing the the bubble route you know they're going to travel each week or each time they have a, you know another game in a different city they are traveling to that team's respective city so they're, they're not staying in one city making sure that they're isolated no they're putting themselves somewhat at risk uh, a lot i know they're 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 taking a lot of tests and they're finding out when the players have it but you know traveling as much as they are giving the players i know they're adults i want to call you know make them seem like their kids need watching all the time but you know giving them this much leniency i think it's proven to be a a mistake especially because of what we've been seeing you know especially for the MLB you know players are continuing like I said to, con- to contract the virus we saw it was like two uh, for the Cardinals for the st. Louis Cardinals but now I-, I saw something today it's up to like 13 positive tests you know for that Cardinal organization so uh, apparently they went out to a casino or something in st. Louis one night a lot of them contracted it spread it throughout the organization so that's what I'm talking about when you know these players giving them so much time you know giving putting them at risk more than in comparison you know to, to to leagues like the ml or to the nba nhl mls and ufc uh you know the mlb and and, and nfl are going to be putting their players are putting their players at a higher risk because they're traveling they're, they don't have to stay in one hotel room every single night in one place all the time they're traveling constantly you know I'm, I'm guessing their nights are somewhat their own to go do what they want to do rightfully so you know they're they can do what they want they're adults but right now if staying safe and playing baseball is the number one priority 
player safety is the number one priority. Traveling so much, giving players this much leniency, and you know them going out so much, obviously, is a mistake in my opinion for the MLB. And if it continues to be this way, I I, I see I, I see nothing but the same. You know, we've seen several games being postponed. Uh, you know, the season cannot keep up with all of these delays, all of these postponed games. Uh, you know, the, obviously they can deal with it for now, but if this continues on for weeks, months, how can they continue to play uh, when they have to continue to de delay, 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 how can they continue to travel and do what they're doing when they keep getting reminded that it's not quite working, not working as well as it could be? Again, in my opinion, teams like the ML or leagues like the MLB and the NFL need to kind of copy the leagues like the NBA or NBA, NHL, MLS, UFC. You know, these leagues, in my opinion, are the ones to, who seem to be doing it right keeping their players, their athletes safe. We have zero positive tests, it seems like, across the board for those ever since they entered the bubble. You know, the NHL, NBA, MLS don't seem, at least especially for the MLS and NBA, it seems they, it seems like they have had no issues so far, especially you know, the whole Lou Will thing, maybe. But, you know, that's been the biggest bump in the road. Nothing too bad for them, nothing for the MLS. They're doing it the right way. I know it might be tough to do a bubble for the NFL since a stadium, an NFL, you know, a football stadium is tougher. You can't just make that into a in a, in a ballroom uh, in Orlando. So I know it's tougher. They may need to do several bubby, uh, sorry, bubbles, not uh, bubbling. They may need to do several bubbles in, in environments uh, because I, I know maybe in a city with multiple teams or or. or in multiple in divisions, maybe I, I I'm not quite sure how. I'm sure they could figure out a way to do it. I'm I'm sure the MLB as well could figure out a way to do it. But you know, if they want a 100, percent you know, to finish their season in the in the NFL to have their season, I think they need to start planning. Uh, and the the MLB needs to make a change soon because I don't think they will be able to withstand the entire season at this rate. What they are doing, unless they really crack down on the players not giving them as much leniency, making sure they know there's no going out after games. You pretend you're in a bubble. You show up to games. You go home. You go to practice, that stuff. Uh, if players can do that, sure, you can keep that up. But, you know, there's still the traveling risk. Same thing with the NFL traveling so much. So I think they both need to set up respective uh, a bubble, if not several bubbles. Maybe they can travel throughout each, maybe set up two or three bubbles. They travel throughout, depending on their schedule. They have to pass certain quarantines. I don't know. They could get it done if they really wanted to, you know, take time, you know, a couple weeks in the season, take a couple week break while they're all moving, getting to new bubbles. I don't know. We, we would all, you know, be with them for the ride. You know, this is a year of change. So them changing changing the season, well, we wouldn't blame them for that. We wouldn't be mad. We just simply want to see our sports, you know? So, I, you know, with, with this rate of what we've been seeing, I'm not confident in the safety of all the players in the NFL as well as the MLB. Both leagues, though, very similar in my opinion. Both Leagues that really care about the revenue. Obviously, every league cares about the revenue. Who doesn't? That's how they how they get all the stuff. All the, how they do all the stuff they do. Everyone cares. But the MLB and NFL really seem to care, especially the players and the owners in the NFL and the players in the MLB. So, 
they seem to be really you know hung up on the whole revenue thing making their money they don't seem to be 100 percent you know at least because of all the traveling all the leniency all all the positive tests we've seen so far you know the stats don't lie uh you know when comparison to to the nba and mls so if we continue to see if they continue to do what they are I'm not 100% sure the MLB and the NFL will have full seasons and will be having World Series champs and Super Bowl a champ at the end of the season. So I'm not 100% confident we will see this. The NFL, you know, I think they're going to follow somewhat in the MLB's footsteps, sadly. Uh, they need to limit players' exposure as much as possible, though. Uh, but, you know, that's my spiel. I think that's what they need to do if they want to stay safe. They need several bubbles in both of their leagues. As far as the MLB go, MLB goes, you know, I just really, I just want them to finish the season. You know, as a, as a fam, and my family is a New York Yankees fan, and you know, this year the Yankees are looking great. I think they're they're up to a they're up to a seven and one, eight and one, eight to one uh, start right now. So they're playing great. I've seen some huge uh, hits by Aaron Judge. He's one of my favorite up and coming players or players right now. Uh, so don't count out those Yankees. They're looking great. As far as the NFL. goes, goes we know how crazy this year's going to be with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay Cam Newton filling his place in New England we all we have all these young quarterbacks that just came into the league and, and you know Tua and in Joe Burrow we got a guy in Los Angeles so you know grew Green Bay selected so there are several storylines out there you know we always have the Dallas Cowboys they're always a storyline of themselves we got Aaron Rodgers and the whole backup quarterback situation there are countless storylines in the league and that's why I'm being so tough on the MLB and the NFL. It's because I I, I want to see them so badly. I want to see them finish the season. Uh, so that's why I, I'm I'm a mean. I I yell because I care. You know I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. You know that whole thing. Um, I I just want to see some football. I just want to see uh, you know some some. I, I want to continue to see some some high level baseball. And I'm confident. You know I'm not even I'm not even I'm very confident in the NBA, MLS, NHL. There what they are doing so i am very confident we'll be having champions in those leagues we'll see as far as the baseball and football goes but that's going to be it for this week's episode of dudes talking sports uh thank you all for the continued support i really support or really appreciate it continue to have a great week you know we, we got basketball baseball back so you know every day turn on your tv and you can watch some live sports we're officially back you know it's helping me as you know as a as a podcaster sportscaster it's helping me more than ever so i'm glad to have it back hopefully you guys are are, are just as glad and are, and are getting a chance you know to watch some of these games again thank you all for the continued support i'll see you guys next week